Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 338, covering The Seventh and The Communicator. Hi, friends. This was not the very best week of this show. Would you agree to that, Matt? I would say that uh, these two episodes are a ditch the season that we're watching. I honestly, I was thinking about this so far, season two, I I wasn't loving Enterprise, but I was finding more things to like about Enterprise. Like, there's the archers getting better, there were some decent stories, but then we hit this, as you say, ditch. It's a ditch. Yeah. It's a fucking Star Trek trench. Yeah. uh, They were just boring, both of these. Like, Mm -hmm. the same sameness that we always see with nothing added. Yeah, just, this is, like, by the time I got to uh, the second episode, I'm desperately trying to keep it, to pay attention. Yeah, and you split your viewing between two different days. I watched them in a row. Oh my god, you must have been so bored. Just recovering from, like, uh, uh, bedridden fever sickness. Uh Uh-huh. That kind of, like, sort of vaguely delirium, you know, like, hard to focus anyway. Yeah. Plus, you know, naturally ADD. Uh Uh-huh. No, like... Every three seconds, I'm like, I wonder what's going on on Twitter. I can yep. check in with my Avengers Academy. Oh, I can play with my fidget cube. There's a Dracula action figure I haven't posed in front of anything in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my notes definitely trail off for a while because there's just not much to say. Mm-hmm. But we will find something to say because that's what we do. That's the job. I mean, like, we've already filled up like a minute, 20 seconds talking about nothing. So, yeah. Talking about how there's nothing to talk about. Yep. So. Why don't I now read you the somehow paragraph that I wrangled out of what happened in the seventh? All right. Uh, T'Pol receives a secret transmission from the Vulcan High Command because it's been a while since the show today. T'Pol is probably a traitor episode, so I guess it's time to revisit that old tired trope. Can it be a trope when a show only has about 30 episodes? Enterprise found a way. So it turns out T'Pol used to be the Vulcan equivalent of an FBI agent tracking a serial killer, a.k.a. the only kind of show I'd like to watch less than the show I'm already watching. Only this time, it's not a serial killer. It's some kind of a spy or smuggler. I wasn't exactly clear on what the dude was, mostly because I completely didn't care. T'Pol has been called out of retirement to do one last mission two weeks before retirement and apprehend some dude called Manos. Then Archer yells at T'Pol for being secretive about the mission she's been sent on. She reaches out to him for help, literally saying, I trust you, right to his face, which must be really hard for a non-emotional Vulcan. And he still continues to throw his usual Archer temper tantrum for a while, until eventually he agrees to accompany her because reasons? So the three of them... Oh, did I not mention Travis is also on this mission? I don't know how I could have forgotten that, given that he's such an essential part of the show, and this episode in particular. Anyway, the two of them go to the failed Star Trek attempt to duplicate the Star Wars Cantina number 8000, now with actual flaming trash cans! And they find the dude T'Pol is looking for. You know how every shitty cop show has a sort of smug, middle-aged white dude who's obviously going to turn out to be the killer because he has dinner theater villains stamped all over his face? That's this dude. He claims he didn't do anything, that he's just your standard Star Trek soldier slash spy, that his society used up and discarded, but, well, I'll save you the tedious 35 minutes it takes us to figure this out. He turns out to be the actual bad guy, which means to Paul's guilt over killing his partner and repressing the memory, yes, really, was justified, I guess? I don't know. Oh, and our B story this week is about how terrible Trip is at being acting captain. As this was a vaguely entertaining plot, we naturally spent all of about 30 seconds with it. Then the episode ends with Archer lecturing to Paul about how Vulcans shouldn't suppress their emotions, which is definitely a trope for this show that's barely out of its first season. Barely out of its first season? You mean we're not even to the halfway point in this garbage heap yet? God damn it. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, so this was just endless. Yeah, it was just super tedious. I hate fucking the whole, just everything, just the Vulcans calling up to be all like, Hey, the guy that you uh, failed to arrest like 10 years ago or whatever. Remember when you were a spy? I fucking... Okay, the thing that fucking pissed me off the most about this is 
Archer's like, why the hell are they asking you? You don't do this anymore. You work for you work with me now. And she's like, mm-hmm. the Vulcan High Council considered a matter of honor. The Vulcans have honor now. Uh, that's a thing they've mentioned before. Like, how Spock is, definitely mentioned that before. I uh, how is I that not, like? No, what? I'm with you. It There's fit. nothing less logical than honor. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because some of their stuff is based in their early tribal, like. There's nothing more emotional than fighting to the death for your mate either. Like, there's some stuff, established stuff, old stuff about Vulcans that doesn't really fit. That's just, you know. It's just dumb. That doesn't excuse it, but it's definitely come up from the very beginning. Ugh. Yeah. Gotta arrest this guy, and you have to do it. Seriously, there's, like, and this is my bad thing. I guess Archer didn't learn anything in that Porthos episode. I said, like... I conditionally liked it if it came if it turned out that he's going to stop being a dick. Yeah. Uh, no, he's back to completely being a smug prick about the Vulcans in general and to Paul in specific. Like, I'd hoped he'd finally turned a corner and would stop being an absolute baby. Mm-hmm. But she tries to reach out to him and he's just being a shit to her the whole time. Oh, my God. That made me so fucking angry. He's just sitting the in the point his... where she says, I trust you. I need your help. He's like, well, why don't you tell me what's going on then? Ugh. He's just sitting in his quarters playing with a fucking uh, water. I assume it's a water polo brand, water polo ball. Probably. But um, that's his one characteristic. Then she comes in. He's like, oh, am I not allowed to watch TV while you're here either? Is that a problem? Yeah. Does the Vulcan Council disapprove of of me sitting here in my room? She's like, motherfucker. (laughs) Look, I'm asking you for help, which is a hard thing to do. Look, man, I I work. Maybe I work for people. Okay. I work for people who apparently are a big deal for your people, so, like, what do you want from me? Also, she works for people who she defied mm-hmm. to make sure he continued to have a job. Like, o- what more could you... a few you- weeks ago, she went to her superiors and said, you know what? This guy's good. Let him keep doing his thing. Like, what more could you possibly want from me? I want to go on the mission. Yep. And then when she says, come on the mission with me, he's still like, meh. Mm. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't turn that corner for another five minutes after that. It's like, what is your problem, man? What, what, what kind of mission? And how much would you say ice cream would I get upon <laughs> completion of said mission? Yeah. Would you say it was a lot of ice cream? And also, can Porthos come? <laughs> and what can Porthos pee on? <laughs> well, I assume the ice cream store. Hmm. I think we could do better than that. <laughs> now, he's just so, like, like I said, she's so trying to meet him halfway. And this woman has risked her career and yep. her life over and over again for him. And it's just never enough. It's very, what have you done for me lately? You know? Yeah. And really, like I said, after last episode, I, I, well, one of the two from last week, I think mm-hmm. it was two episodes ago. But, you know, the very recent episode where he, he threw his biggest temper tantrum ever. I really yeah. thought the point of that was, all right, now we're done. Yeah. No, apparently not. It's not just that, like, there's no serialization to this show, like, for the characters developing. It's that, like, he, it feels like he has the memory of a fucking goldfish. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't have to pick up on every plot point, but basic emotional arcs, even Next Gen did that. Oh, my God, that entire ser- that that series is about getting Picard from, like, not part, like, distant to a part of the crew. Yeah, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of, like, when Worf would learn a thing about Alexander, they'd be a little better for a while. Like, they would they would remember where the character dynamics were. They, they might not, like, continue story elements, mm-hmm. but they definitely remember, okay, we ended this with these two being mad at each other, so they're mad at each other. Yeah. Or whatever. But this show's, this show's, like, full house. Like, everyone just goes back to whatever the role in the show is, you know? And Archer's I mean, role is Grump Captain. <laughs> But he's not a likable grump like like Picard was early on. Yeah. He's just a jerk, a petulant little baby. He's the Mr. Wilson of this show. <laughs> <laughs> now, which Mr. Wilson? I, I see I've I've I'm certainly familiar with the comic strip, but I watched the old black and white TV show and there was Oh, I know the, much less about the, ah. the black and white TV show. See, there was for the, me it's either the comic strip the the animated series which was basically the comic strip oh, yeah. or Walter Matthau. Yeah. That it was, was a, a pretty choice. good Mr. Wilson. Yep. The thing is, there was, in, in the black and white show, they had a, a heavy set balding dude with a mustache who looked like Mr. Wilson. Uh-huh. And I don't remember if he was the first or second one, but then they had this, like, 
like thin, weedy guy with a like uh, glasses. Like didn't he was, look like like uh, fuck? We couldn't we couldn't get um. Oh, what the fuck's his name? I don't know. Uh, you know, he was my he was my avatar for about five years. Mister Limpet. Uh, oh yeah, Don Knotts. Don Knotts. It's like uh, I, a a bit like that, I guess. Yeah. It just it really threw me because like where that's Mister Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm Mr. Anyway, Wilson. Get, I, go away, Dennis. I'd, I'd rather talk about Dennis the Menace than uh-huh. about... Uh, or Dennis the Menos, I guess. <laughs> That'll bring us back. Yeah, there you go. Ugh. Oh, by did the way... That, did you get the same vibe from Menos that I did? That that sort of shitty guest star? I thought vibe? he looked like Steve Bannon, but without all the crust on his face. I could see that, I suppose. I just thought he looked like every... like. Any CSI type show where you meet the college professor who uh-huh. is the expert, and then it turns out in the last act, he's actually the serial killer you've been looking for the whole time. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I definitely got that. Ugh. Just, ugh. <laughs> Star and Trek really, certainly knows how to cast a certain type of dude. They really were hitting that vibe hard that, uh-huh. that um... I was as I served the Vulcans and they just gave up on me. Like we've we've done so many stories about that. Yeah. And the thing is, that's a valid thing. Like that's a thing that you know governments at war and governments that involved in in wars and and spying stuff like that happens. Like sometimes they forget that there are people and sure. people get disregarded. That's not a bad thing to do a story about. But Star Trek has this way of addressing that the same way every time, so it's tedious. Uh huh. And but you know. It certainly was. This is all just interchangeable, like, five different things from five different other episodes that they just piece together like Legos. Yeah, the seventh might as well refer to the seventh time we've seen this. Yeah. And that planet was so, like, I've already chosen the cover art for this episode, and it is the flaming trash can. Oh, sure. Because the, there was it, literally a guy warming his hands over a flaming trash can. Well, it looks like the, like, the first thing I thought was that it looks exactly like the planet we visited in the fir- in the pilot. Like... Yeah, I could see that. Like the the snow planet or whatever, except instead this planet hoses down its parking lot with acid. <laughs> like you do. Uh-huh, sure. You know, standard procedure. Yeah. How else are we going to get all the crap off there? You know, the crap that spaceships are always dropping? Uh, uh-huh. That sure. can only be dissolved with acid. With, with, with acid. Acid that won't hurt you, but you can, if you run around in it in shoes that are covered in tape. Yeah, well, that is the thing. Is like you can't go out there right now. The floor is lava. But then she just she wraps a bandage around her feet, and it, it's fine. Or like buckles. She covered her shoes in buckles. Right. Like Buster Brown. Uh huh. That's fine. To uh, Paul, where are you going? I gotta buckle my shoes. <laughs> One two, Captain. <laughs> That's our code for buckle your shoes. <laughs> it's an ancient Earth thing that I memorized. <laughs> Yep. Oh, God. This episode Ugh. sucked. Your bad thing uh, is a thing I touched on in my summary, but it yes. definitely merits more discussion. Yeah, so when we find out that T'Pol's taking Travis with him, I was actually pretty excited. A Travis episode? Oh, also, you have my you have my attention. Also, Travis and T'Pol is is a, a combination we hadn't seen before. How would these two interact? That could well, be I mean, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really was down for the idea of, like, a Travis T'Pol episode. Mm-hmm. Cool. Flesh out that character. We know nothing about him mm-hmm. other than the fact that he's fucking ripped and loves practical <laughs> jokes. Practical jokes, apparently. Yeah, the greatest yeah. joke he ever played was making people think he was on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been a cardboard cutout this whole time. Uh-huh. He's just, like, hiding in a Jeffrey's tube, like, giggling. What do you think, Travis? They asked in the fourth season, and then it fell over. Yep. Anyone else know that Travis was made of cardboard? Was he from oh. the cardboard planet? And then real Travis sticks his head and is like, no, it was a sign, you jackass. You jackass. <laughs> jackass. I like jackass. Yeah, jackass. Yeah. No, it was it was a, a tremendous waste of Travis. Like, why? Why Why wouldn't he just be a nameless crewman at that point if he's yeah. bringing a guy to drive the shuttle and react to a couple of things like like i lines. guess he solves the problem at the end but i mean like it's not like it like you couldn't give that to anybody yeah the thing is if you'd left archer behind and just had like had like travis like travis well, we be the definitely guy need like this is a to episode this uh-huh. is about her 
but but the combination of the two of them could still have been interesting. Like I like the idea of her like she won't take this to the captain, but she will like take Travis aside and just like, no, I need you to be like this is an important thing from my past. I need you to be like secret about it. Like well, yeah, I gotta bring I gotta bring one person who is a pilot, which is you. You're a good pilot, that's yeah. your job. And okay, since you're here and since I know you to be trustworthy, you'll be the one I confide in. That yeah. would be interesting. And then they have a thing. Then they have like the start of a friendship or something that you could build on later. But nah, they didn't do that. Yeah, no, it just it feels like when uh, Shatner would come along and just steal plot points from everybody else. I don't think I I never heard anything like that about about Bacula. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying no, the feels writing like feels that. like you're that. Right. Yeah, you're right. I don't actually think that Bacula did that. No, he seems like an okay dude. Yeah, I got no problem I also with still think We said for the 87th time. No, I still think if they gave him something, he'd, he'd be up to the challenge. He seems oh, yeah. like a good actor. He just, the character sucks. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it does feel like, at least in the writer's room, like maybe they the outline was with Travis and then they're like, nope, nope, can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about the captain. We've done so many episodes about the captain, and I get that, like, he's your main guy, so that's fine. Like, Star Trek does that. That's fine. But we also do episodes about everybody else. All the other series, like Next Gen, DS9, and Voyager, all focused a lot on their captains and then gave plenty of time to all the other guys. Yeah. Everybody. I feel like I knew all the all the guys in the main credits of all the other shows, except Sirach Lofton, who couldn't be bothered to appear most of the time. But <laughs> everyone else. Like... You know, every all the captains in those shows were easily the main characters, but they still left room for everybody else. Yeah, that was that's a Star Trek thing that like has yeah. been around since at least uh, 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 next gen. Everybody well, it should like, have been in the original series if Shatner yeah. wasn't such a dick. Yeah, they wanted it to be. Yeah, it's, no, it's a it's standard an, TV thing for an ensemble show. Like, yeah, it's not everybody gets an episode. Yeah, or that's why two. we had uh, Chakotay episodes to look forward to. Well. And that was one of my big problems with the next episode is we're already up to another uh, Archer and uh, Malcolm episode. Oh, God. We just did this. Can't we? Like, doesn't that mean it goes back into the rotation for a while? Nope. Nope. Guess yeah. what? I'm back, motherfucker. Ugh. I, but Lock up was, your bums. Like, okay, this is supposed to be about to Paul. I get that. Yeah. But did you learn anything about her? Um, I learned that she was in, like, some kind of military. So I guess that's something. I, I think it was more like spies than than the actual. Military. I mean, you know, maybe maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I'm just saying I don't know that her job was necessarily to kill guys so much as like catch them. I mean, honestly, what I learned is that she chased people through forests. Yeah, yeah that's what I a, learned. There was a tired like uh, flashback sequence that kept popping up with her chasing dudes through the dentist office. Yep. It was not. <laughs> God, I wish it was an actual dentist office. One time they're just gonna like like leave the shot a little too wide, and as you pass the potted plants, you'll pass the receptionist and like a, a picture of a tooth on the wall. <laughs> just run it through like it's the end of Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. We, we got a Star Trek chase coming through. She grabs a lollipop. This is highly irregular. Oh, this looks good. Yeah. Yep. Hey, 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 hey! Those are for patients. <laughs> Runs by the doctor and then into the into the waiting room and says, uh, "Doctor's ready for you." And keeps running. <laughs> they both come out with like uh, pamphlets on tooth on tooth care. I see that would be a better episode. <laughs> but seriously, like, okay, this was again supposed to be about to Paul. I didn't learn anything about it. What I learned was apparently she used some Vulcan technique to suppress the memory of having killed someone. But it was one of those revelations that will never come up again. Like. It was supposed to be a reveal, like, mm. oh, she did something bad and then covered it up. But then it turned out it was okay because the guy was bad after all. And also, this show's not going to remember that next week. Yeah. So it just was pointless. It was just running in place. Yeah. Not even in a dentist's office. Just <laughs> in place. Just uh, just so, so nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm did you sick of these nothing thing? episodes. Sorry? Did you manage to find a good thing? Oh, yeah. So um, at the very end of the episode in the climactic shootout with the uh, with uh, Minos. The action adventure. Uh, action adventure. Uh-huh. Uh, fucking. <laughs> he pulls a gun on them and locks uh, Archer and uh, uh, Trip in the closet or Travis, Travis in the closet. I legit thought it was Trip for a second. Like, first of all, locks them in the closet. Uh-huh. But um 
They're they're in there for exactly one second before Archer and Travis kick the door back open and steal their guns back. <laughs> and I laugh my ass off. I was barely paying attention at that point. Like I was paying attention. I was taking uh-huh. notes and I was, but I was so just like, oh, is this over yet? I just, it's so it's it, it, they go in just like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? One? Oh, they got out of this one. Yeah. No, I see, and I like when the shows, and it doesn't happen enough. I like when the show's aware of its cliches. Sure. And it's like, okay, this would usually be a whole act of them having to escape. No. <laughs> Never mind. We're going to do something else. Yeah. That was pretty okay. <laughs> uh, my good thing. Yes. And this this definitely merits more discussion. There, There's a whole subplot of Trip being terrible at playing temporary captain, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Like, he's clearly... A good engineer who should not be in charge of the whole ship. He does not like having to make the big decisions that affect people. And then there's a bit where the Vulcans, like he's not supposed to be on this mission or yep. uh, Archer's not supposed to be on this mission with DePaul. So Vulcans show up, call and say, uh, can we talk to Jonathan Archer? And he's like, uh, yeah, that's me. I'm John, John, John Archer here. I'm John Archer. Uh, you ain't seen no pictures of me before, right? <laughs> yeah, he actually said he actually asks Hoshi that. Like, what do we know about these guys? They ever been to Earth? They ever met Captain Archer? Okay, I can do this. Yeah, I'm John Archer, as far as you know. What was that last part? Oh, shit. Yeah. My cover! There was even, there was a tiny bit, and this, the well, first of all, credit to the actor for sure. He was definitely, like, pulling off the, the comedy of this. Yeah. But also credit to whoever it is, the, the costume set guys, whatever, who uh, put on his fourth pip to make yep. him pretend to be captain. And it was on just a little crooked. <laughs> and in the close-up, it was so obvious if you're looking like, that doesn't belong there. He put it on hastily. It's just a nice tiny detail. Well, I guess I better go in front of the thing now. Oh, shit. I, ha- I only have three pips. They can count to four, can't they? Damn it. Oh, damn. Those crafty Vulcans. I was counting to four. But there's there's Counting's a bit where... Counting's not as easy as you might think. <laughs> you ain't even been born yet. <laughs> Get out of here, Cisco. Uh, but I am not linear. <laughs> oh, got a point there. That, no, guy makes a... A good, that guy makes a real good point. He thinks his whole job is to sit there and wait for Archer to come back. And as acting captain, he gets access to like the captain's, you know, where they have uh, dinner with the captain. I guess his uh-huh. quarters or his his mess or whatever it is. And... um. And and whatever specialties chef will cook up. I'd like and to thank all of the most important people on the ship for joining me here in my the captain's mess. Yeah, it's, it's a cute scene. It's so dumb. It's it's like I I think they didn't they do that in uh, Futurama where uh, Bender was in charge of the ship and he oh had, like, yeah dinner at the captain's day. like it was such a broad comedy thing like that but it was it was played well and then people start asking him things and he freaks the fuck out like uh, in particular. Flox is like, okay, so um, we have pretty good quarantine here, but there's a there's a minor, like a tiny virus thing that maybe slipped through, and we should probably just inoculate the crew. And he's like, uh, okay, are there side effects? Well, yeah, headaches, nausea, a little diarrhea. Uh, I don't want to give the crew the runs. Ah, uh, shit. He actually oh, no. says that. <laughs> the word diarrhea actually appears in a Star Trek episode. Yep. But I like I, I legit thought it was funny because it's like a mild thing that's not a huge deal, but he doesn't want to be responsible for it. Also, anyone else notice Trip gets all the poop stuff? Yeah, I guess he does. I can't not gonna answer a poop question. The thing is, I didn't see it as exactly a poop joke. Like it kinda was. Uh-huh. It was more just this doesn't matter that much. This is a common side effect with most things. Sure. But he still doesn't want to do it. Ah, uh, jeez. Like, because it's it, even the tiniest bit of responsibility freaks him out. Like everyone's uh, gonna come around and th- everyone's gonna point fingers at me after having to shit all day. Yeah, it's, it was, I I was amused by his his flailing. Because <laughs> oh, the thing trip. is, he is definitely charismatic, but that doesn't make him a good leader. <laughs> <laughs> I, they'll, I just, I, ma- they'll make like me that. king. <laughs> Uh, honestly, my favorite thing of both of these episodes was was like tiny subplots with Trip. I look, man. My favorite thing about Enterprise. I wouldn't go that far. I, you're definitely a little more fond of him than I'm. I like him a good deal. Fucking dope. But I like uh, I like the dog more, and I probably like Flocks more. Hoshi, <laughs> I think. I would like the dog more if she featured more in, or if he if he featured more in episodes. I don't know. They did one. That's enough. They don't have to be about him. I just, you know, whatever. Like, he should show up at some point on every episode. 
Amanda was saying uh, another good episode uh, idea for an episode would be uh, if poor like Travis or uh, Trip. I'm doing it now. <laughs> if Trip was put in charge of Porthos on a planet and then Porthos ran away and the whole episode was just him chasing him around. <laughs> Porthos. Like a, like an old like Popeye cartoon where Sweet Pea gets away. <laughs> he's he's walking across like two girders or something. Yeah, exactly. But then Amanda was saying also like Porthos would be kind of aware that like like he would think he was playing uh-huh. and leading Trip to new places and not wanting to get caught just to to have fun with him. Come on, we're going into the gorilla cage at the zoo. Oh yeah. man, see that would be a fun episode. If I know one thing about anything, it's that that gorilla is going to treat me like I was its baby. And then, um, and then Archer would be there naming it, like, uh, an Altarian gorilla or whatever. No, Archer would only be visible from the legs down. Of course. Now I'm le- now, I'm trusting you with my dog. Don't Now, Trip, you me. take good care of Porthos. Ah, jeez, Archer, you know I will. <laughs> Captain. What could possibly happen, Captain? Uh, what else? Uh. Something. Something? Well, actually, no, we don't know that. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else. Ugh. How about uh, an alternate title? You got an alternate title? Uh, let's see here. What was my alternate title? Uh, I got Minos, the hands of... Figuring out a joke to put here later, Matt. <laughs> I guess that never happened. Welp! I went with, when Archer leaves the ship and turns command over to Trip, diarrhea. Uh, and my quote is, yes. uh, near the beginning, when everyone's making a big whiny baby deal about not knowing what the mission is, and Archer's just like, we'll just wait here a couple days. You guys will find stuff to do, and uh, Trip says this. No, we're supposed to wait at Pernaya Prime for Paul and Travis to finish their mission. And do what in the meantime? I could use a few days to recalibrate the torpedo launches. I could polish all the handles and rails in engineering. Which I liked. <laughs> and I don't think he was being sarcastic. I think he would actually just be with a rag, just like polishing everything up. <laughs> I just picture someone coming into uh, engineering at like two in the morning or something. He's just like on his hands and knees. What? <laughs> Walking up to like different railings and like, oh, oh, and then wiping it off. I'm going to polish this thing till you can see yourself in it. You can't see yourself in it normally. Guess I better get back to work then. <laughs> It's black. You can't see yourself in it. All right. Uh, uh, this this next one is even less notable, I would say. Mm-hmm. But it does but have a great have to... uh, DS9 style end, uh, title, just like the seventh. Oh no, these those were next gen. That was it. Yeah, next gen, like mid mid range next gen, was always like Seinfeld titles. Yep. DS9 had very forgettable titles as well, but they didn't do the the something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one this one bored me even more, but I don't have to summarize it. You have to no. do that. So. Uh, let me tell you about the Marble Rye. Won't you please tell uh-huh. us about... Uh, wasn't the Seven also a, a, an actual Seinfeld title? It might have been, because George wanted to call a kid Seven. Like, that was yeah, his, exactly. That was his, uh, yeah. his kid so name. Tell us about the close communicator. All right. So after returning from a very stupid mission, very stupid Malcolm realizes that he very stupidly left his communicator on this very stupid pre-warp civilization that the crew was very stupidly exploring. Uh, The communicator was not in itself very stupid. It performed admirably. So Archer and Malcolm head back to the planet to find this stupid thing before it goes all piece of the action on the planet. I assume if they came back 100 years later, everything would be devoted to this tiny flip flown. Giant flip buildings. Gold. Flip cars. Flipping everywhere. Other things, probably. Anyway, Archer and Malcolm walk into a bar and are instantly captured. I swear to Christ, Archer spends more time in alien prisons than the cast of Orange is the New Black, a show I have never actually seen, but I assume everyone spends a great deal of time in prison, and also Donna from that 70s show is there. So their phone rescues Pooch royally screwed. Paul attempts to mount a rescue in a cloaked Sulaban ship that I guess we still have? Access to, along with access to cloaking technology a full hundred years before the Romulans introduced it in Balance of Terror. Yes, I am still angry about this. So Trip attempts to fix the ship and accidentally cloaks his hand because Trip is an idiot and that is why I love him. He spends the rest of the episode wearing one glove over an invisible hand like Michael Jackson did in the 80s, I assume for the exact same reasons. Back on the planet, the army has captured Archie and his British jughead and somehow discovered that their surgical alterations to to look alien are actually hastily applied makeup. 
Archer makes up a story about how they're genetically altered Superman, which is ridiculous. Have you looked at Malcolm? Luckily, T'Pol and Clear Hand Luke show rescue the moon, the Moron Patrol before they're literally hung in the town square, and Archer re- rescues all the Starfleet technology by shooting literally everyone he meets with more Starfleet technology. Back on the ship, T'Pol and Archer both talk about some sort of directive that is needed to prevent this sort of thing from happening. I yell threats at the TV, and Trip is left with a cloaked hole in his hand that he should definitely use to win bar bets. I gotta say, clear hand Luke, quite good. <laughs> I was pretty proud of that. I thought Archie and British Jughead was good, and then you hit me with clear hand Luke. <laughs> oh... Honestly, I wish the whole episode was about Trip's invisible hand. I don't right. That was my good thing. Trip's yep. invisible hand made me laugh so hard. Yeah, it was so stupid. And it was completely. It was super underused. It did, I, like I kept waiting for it to feature back in some way, but it no. doesn't. He just has a. He just has an invisible hand. Well, he and he and Travis. Well, I assume it was Travis. Is someone who looked like Travis who was standing there. Um. We're working on trying to figure out the cloaking device, and it malfunctions and yep. fucks his hand up. And I, like, I don't really get how that works. Like, because that's like, shouldn't the cloaking? Uh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, no, it's just he has an invisible hand, yep. and it's it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the invisible hand of Trip. Yep. It was. It, it just yeah. If if this had been my episode to pick a quote from, this is great bit where he's in sick bay and Fox uh-huh. is like. Huh, never seen anything like this before. And he's like, uh, uh, flex your hand. All right, how's that? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Just such a perfect deadpan. Like, I, I, I can't see. Literally, you're the only one who can tell me what's going on right now. I, ju- I love fucking, well, what am I supposed to do with an invisible hand? I got to get work done. And Flox just holds up a glove. Yep. It's like, I would also maybe pull your arm down. We mm-hmm. can't afford to keep showing your invisible hand. No, I, I'm sure that's a costly effect. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling his hand into his sh- into his shirt. No, because they had to make it look like it was picking stuff up, and like there was, you know, like they 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 do a good job of making it look like there's something there. Here, put on the green screen hand. Yeah, the um the the cloth gets displaced a little bit, and and so forth. So, you know, I just, I'm waiting for them to like to 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 fly in on the rescue mission at the end, and they got Archer at gunpoint or whatever, and Trip's just like, "Well, what about if I had an invisible hand?" Ooh. And the, the army guys are just like, "Oh God, <laughs> it's Phantom Limb." <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands. Well, stop it. No one can see that. Somebody said, uh, "Well, it would be useful in a poker game." Would it? Would it? I was trying to figure out what the, like, mostly poker's about not looking like you're reacting the way you should be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a lot to do with your hand, whether you can see your literal hand or not. Everyone's just like, that guy has a hell of a poker face for someone with one hand. <laughs> I, I guess. Also, he would not have a good poker face. He'd get a big goofy grin when he had a good uh-huh. hand every time. Joke's on you. It ain't, it ain't gone. It's invisible. Yeah. Okay. I can pick your pocket if I can get my visible wrist close enough to your pocket. <laughs> also, like, let's talk about the stupid cloaking thing. Like, what? The, it was such a big deal for the Defiant many yep. hundreds of years from now to have a cloak. And now eh, Enterprise has it. It's, it's that thing I keep talking about that this show always did it first and best. They did it first and best and they don't care what came like, like no. before. No. Just like, Doesn't whatever. Matter. Not our problem. Nope. Ah, it's the worst. And it shouldn't drive me nuts, but it does, because I'm a huge fucking Star Trek nerd. Well, if you're going to set the show in the past, I'm not going to be a stickler about all the tiny details, but what's the point if every week you have a working transporter that works on people, or a replicator, or a holodeck, or a cloaking device? Like, these are all things you shouldn't have yet. That's the point of choosing this setting, is you, you don't have all those tools. Yeah. And they keep having them. It's Uh. just... Yeah, it's irritating. Also, oh man, this was stupid. Like, all of it was just so stupid. Yeah. Like, they they left their phone down there, and, uh, like, there's a point where they're all digging through the trash, literally digging through the trash looking for it. Uh-huh. I think it would have been a better episode if it had just been that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene I actually really love where Hoshi is checking the seats. Yep. Just to see if it's fallen down, like your TV remote. Yeah, between the cushions, like, so much a quarter. 
Do you find Do you find it, Hoshi? No, but I found like eight quarters. So you know, we're going to McDonald's after this. <laughs> Hot damn! They better have that Szechuan sauce. Oh God, please don't. <laughs> no, it was just like, and at one point I even put this in my notes. Like, okay, it's a phone. Just call it. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't find it. Okay, if you lose your cell phone, that's one of the things you do. You call it to see if you can hear it. Yep. Why didn't Why didn't they do that? <sighs> and then, as T'Pol rightly points out at the end of the episode, they ended up contaminating this culture way more than if they had just left a community. Oh, they ruined this culture. Like there, there's a war going on, and now one side of that war thinks that the other side is vastly overpowered. Yeah. Plus, they've seen the technology, so like, uh-huh. even if they don't know how to make it, they know it's possible to make, and that definitely yep. affects something. And like this is this is gonna they've seen like phasers they've seen like not just the communicator and we're not talking about one dude like in the military who's just like no they had lasers and they had a cloaking device like this entire military base full of you know soldiers saw this happen Nazis like yeah like the the uniforms could not have been more Nazi unless they had a fucking swastika yeah no shit no but like like I was thinking about this in peace talks later on when they're like okay now if we're gonna if we're gonna continue with our peace talks you have to hand over your laser genetically altering and cloaking technology like we need to share that and the other side's just gonna go what the fuck are you talking about we don't have that well fine we're still at war then we have fucking footage of you using it in an attack on our military base so yes you do yeah no it's it's terrible yeah. And it's dumb, like, it's just dumb. This is my bad thing. Okay. The fact that they took these idiots a year and a half to lose something this important on one of their stupid, ill-conceived missions to blend in with pre-warp civilization is ridiculous. Honestly, they fly down in spaceships, huck some fucking leaves on top, and then walk around with advanced technology in their pocket. I'm paranoid enough about losing my fucking wallet, and that thing probably isn't going to destroy civilization as we know it. No. Also, how many... Breaking the Prime Directive that doesn't exist yet episodes have we done already? Like, they keep doing them. It's just like, well, we should probably have a directive for this. Well, then make one. The thing like, is, fucking the last time we did this, Malcolm was all like, I'm going to make some laws and make sure this never happens again. Did you do uh-huh. this? Did you do that? No, I was too busy looking at pornography. Yeah. Which I love. Like, look, I like pornography, too, but I still get my work done. Yeah, seriously, man. Get to work. Yeah. No, it it it's irritating to me because... It is an interesting, like, concept. The mm-hmm. idea that we're dealing with pre... Again, the setting, the, the prequel setting. Let's use it. Okay, there is no Prime Directive. Who fucked it up so bad that someone had to write the Prime Directive? And they've. this is, like, the third time they've tried to do this story, and it's still not interesting. Like, they, yeah. they're taking this interesting concept and just completely blowing it. Yeah, seriously. Like, this could be cool, like, but this it's is- not. This is the part, like, this episode should end with a fucking, like, Admiral just being all like, you left a communicator on a pre-warp planet? Do you know how yep. mad the Vulcans are at me? Like... Yeah. But no, they're just running around making everything worse. And making it's everything like, way worse. Yeah, seriously. Like, uh, just like, the, okay, we're never doing this again. Like, this mm-hmm. should be the last, like, if they explore another fucking civilization undercover in their incredible fucking, uh... Genetically or uh, yeah, we'll surgically altered, which yeah, uh, like it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and you should have a check your pockets, make sure you didn't leave anything. Yeah, like, guys, I do a fucking like watch keys wallet before I leave the house. Yeah, everyone like pat your pocket every now and then, make sure your phone didn't fall out. Yep, but also maybe they should have tracking devices in them or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, find your iPhone is a thing now. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, it's so stupid. Yep. Just that, like, oh, oh, I lost it. Like, that in itself is fine, just because, like, you know, it ha- it happens, and, like, you mm-hmm. can do, like, that's an episode you can do it about, like, a yeah. thing about. But the fact that the, the communicator is there at all is dumb. Well, and honestly, this episode, like, you, you were right to compare it to a piece of the action. It also reminded me a bit of the, not the movie, but the episode, First Contact. Oh, sure, yeah. What, it, only that episode dealt with some interesting themes and was also kind of funny. Like, it had a B-plot that was pretty good, and, like, mm. this was that minus all the charm and interesting stuff. Yeah. Like, it was the boring version of, of First Contact with a little bit of a piece of the action. Like, nothing good. Mm. Just, ugh, terrible. But my, my bad thing, because there were so many to choose from, I was so spoiled for choice, but I, I wanted to pick this in particular. Um... 
they say this a couple of times, and they make a point of saying this, that Phlox has to surgically alter people to go yeah. down to the planet. Like, I've never liked that anyway. I think that's dumb, but whatever. Okay, they they when they came back up and lost the communicator, they had to go back, and they said, they made a point of saying, we gotta go down to sickbay and get re-surgically altered. Yep. And then, so they go down, and they get captured by these obvious Nazis, who then tear the uh, spirit gum and rubber off of their foreheads. Yeah. Like, literally like they're on Star Trek. Uh-huh. Is what it looked like. It looked like when you see Michael Dorn or Rene Aubergenois or whoever, like somebody with heavy Star Trek makeup just peeling it off. Yep. That's what it looked like. Ugh. And it's like, that's not surgical. That's just makeup. Why not yep. just say we're wearing makeup? That wouldn't even bother me if they just said that. But they, No, because... surgical. We've talked about before, like, the last time they did this about how, like, I was super like, should they not, they should probably not be able to do this yet. Probably not. If they had just said, this is, you know, like, um, this is makeup. Like, these are, these are extra prosthetics we put on our faces to look like the indigenous people. That's fine. Sure. But they kept saying surgical, and then these guys just tore it off. It just, ugh, yeah, So dumb. I just, the whole thing is just, it's so poorly planned. Which actually makes a lot of sense for these morons, but like it does, but I don't know if it's deliberate or just bad writing. It's just like it's again, go stick your stick in your dick where it doesn't belong. Yep, going down to these pre warp planets with all this shit that you shouldn't take with you, and just in the assumption that nothing is going to go wrong ever. It always goes wrong. Yeah, like not even just because you're a TV show, just like someone's gonna you, someone's gonna piss somebody off. You brought Malcolm, so like also, he's gonna get into a fight over a girl. Probably. But also, this feeds into a thing that has bugged me about Star Trek all along, how unalien cultures are. And I get it. You want to tell stories about humans, so you need to make the characters similar to humans. I understand that. Yeah. But how, like, it should not be so easy. Like, okay, Universal Translator or Hoshi Learn the Language or whatever. Fine. You can probably get by with a few words here and there. But you should not be able to blend seamlessly in. Like, there's so many nuances. Like, on our own planet, uh-huh. if if you suddenly were in Japan, yeah, you would, like, you could, you could get by, you wouldn't die, and you'd probably basically communicate with people, but they would clearly know you didn't belong there. Yeah, you're not from you around these parts. You don't speak the language, you don't know where anything is, you don't know, like certain cultural, you know, milestones, like, like metaphors. And you know what I mean? Like there's so many things you don't know. And that's on this planet. An alien planet should be way worse. Absolutely. And it's never like that. And I, again, I understand to some degree you have to, you have to put some of that aside for, you know, storytelling, but Star Trek does it all the time to the point where it's just so easy for these guys. And the only thing that, that fucks them up is dropping something. Yep. That, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense to me. It's just annoying. Yeah. This whole show is annoying. Yeah, it really is. It really and truly is. Uh, in fact, I didn't even have a good thing this time. Good? I just, I could not find one. Uh-huh. It, well, I mean, you took Trip's Invisible Hand. That was all right. Yeah, no, Trip's Invisible Hand was the best part about maybe this entire season? Yeah, uh, well, it's, an er- it's early. Uh, that's true. But, I, yeah, nothing. All right, all right, rest of the season, you're going to have to work real hard to beat out on Tripp's invisible hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'm like looking at talking my, a lot more about this episode. but I'm looking at my three notes. I definitely had some notes. I, I, oh. I was annoyed. I pointed this out already. But how are we doing an Archer and Malcolm episode again already? These are t- the two weakest characters. We just did these guys, too. And we just did. Like, if we need to see Malcolm some more, which I don't know why, mm. pair him up with someone good. What bugs me is that this one didn't even have him getting stabbed in the leg. No. That was also a good thing this season so far. Uh-huh. Yeah. Malcolm being stabbed. It's like Chekhov being shot. <laughs> but, um... We did get Malcolm's classic uh, death wish. Uh-huh. He was like, just leave me, sir. This is my fault. I'm a bad person. Oh, shut up, man. Just, um, ugh. what else? I oh. noticed during, when they're about to be hung, uh-huh. Um, from what I could tell, the nooses the guys use don't have knots in them, like... Okay. Which, the, 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 the way nooses work, as far as I've been 
as far as I understand, well, you've read a lot the, of horror and gruesome fiction. You you know you probably know. The idea is if the noose is tied right, <laughs> like when the when the floor drops out from underneath you when you're being hung, it snaps your neck so you die instantly. Yeah, instead of choking to death. Because choking to death is an agonizing, horrible way to die. Yeah. <laughs> All I can and I noticed this because I'm a fucking freak. Like these these nooses don't have any knots in them. They're just gonna dangle these poor idiots for five minutes. You're probably overthinking it. What they were thinking is, how do we alien this up? I uh-huh. know. Because nooses, like, they go into a bar, like you say. The bar just looks like a bar. Yep. Like any bar you've been in. Like uh-huh. it's like a cozy little pub. It's a nice little place. But like, ugh. this is where I would go to get to order some chips and uh, read a Star Trek novel. Yeah. Hopefully a better one than this episode. I mean, you know, I hope. Or than the David Mack written Discovery novel that I just recently read. Oof. It's uh, it's too early for Discovery to have novels. Like, no, there no, needs no, no, no. To... I, I, the problem wasn't that they didn't, he didn't understand the characters. He clearly had the, um, the show Bible. Sure. And it went into, I'm not going to spoil specifics about Discovery, but it went into some characters that we we're not seeing anymore. Which was nice. We got some depth into some characters that, that are no longer part of the story. Uh-huh. Which was cool. Like, his backstory for guys that we saw for, like, two episodes. And that was interesting. It just wasn't very well put together. Sure. But, anyway. Well, David Mack, like, he's not a bad Trek writer, is he? Uh, I've read his stuff before. There's some There's some real on-the-nose, like, I posted an excerpt from it about... Oh, yeah, his, yeah, I uh, saw that. Uh, Michael Burnham, the main character of Discovery, meets... Spock, like uh, Pike era, like the Cage era, young Spock. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, obviously they were both uh, raised by Sarek. And there's a bit where it says they move together as though they had been mirror images of each other their whole lives. <laughs> it actually said that. And uh-huh. there, were, there were other things like that, too. It's, it's just not subtle in any way. Anyway. I just want Spock to greet her, to greet her as a Michael. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be nice. Um... But back to this episode. Sure. And all the things we could talk about. Uh-huh. Uh they did a they did an X-ray of um of Archer and, and Malcolm. And I just I wanted Malcolm I don't know, I, I wanted his to look way grosser and just because yep. well, because of what we think of him. I don't even know what that would look like. I just Oh, look at all the parasites. <laughs> yeah. Something They're just like moving under his skin. Yep. I mean, it's a it's a it's a photo. The X ray is. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, it's still moving, moving on account of the grossness. Oh, they're so they're in prison together, and at one point they actually pull the old "I've got a sick man here." Uh huh. Really? Like seriously? Do you uh. think we're stupid writers? Like that must be the only explanation. They think we, the audience, are the dumbest people. Guard, sick man, need uh. more moisturizer. Oh, just. Uh. <laughs> all right anything else i like I, I do like malcolm's well maybe they don't have it on this planet uh-huh that was, that was like they were trying to be self-aware uh-huh should i say well he's like that old cliche well maybe it's new to them uh, that doesn't make it a good uh, this will uh, surprise them just want to push him off a roof uh-huh he's gross yep all just right. watch him burst like a bag of worms <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else no okay you got an alternate title uh yes florida man loses hand breaks friends out of prison <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> mine is also a reference to uh, trip's hand and it's called not just cloaked wait yes just cloaked awesome uh you got a quote nope <laughs> okay <laughs> good enough uh-huh. Well, we're, we're running a little short here, but uh, that's that's how it goes when they don't give us anything new. It's hard to find new things to talk about. Yep. And I will say this. We've, we've been discussing uh, Discovery so far, and there's a lot of stuff we both like, and there's some stuff we don't like. Yeah. But it's all new stuff. Like, even it's... the stuff we're not crazy about is different than any of this Rick Berman era Star Trek stuff. So, yeah. like... We're gonna have a lot to talk about. We're very excited to get to the to get to Discovery yeah. on this show. And it, again, it won't be till June. Uh-huh. Quite some time. We got like what, eight months or something like that. <laughs> That's not terrible. It's less than a year. Yeah, but it's not now. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm watching it now. I want to talk about it now. And then, like I've said before, going like watching something that I'm enjoying, and then going back to this. Uh huh. 
Flonk's favorite show. We we do, if you're interested, we do discuss it on Twitter occasionally, so. I've actually been trying not to too much. Oh, okay. If you, I mean, you know, if you do it, that's great. I've I mean, as much to... as it comes up, I usually, it's usually, I usually either talk to you or Flonk. I'm trying not to, like, first of all, as I've said many times, as, as evidenced by our coverage of uh, Into Darkness, my, mm-hmm. my initial take on most things is garbage. Yep. Whatever I think immediately after seeing something is not going to be what I think when we cover it on the show. Almost guaranteed. Also, any good insights or jokes I have, I want to save for the show. So, sure. <laughs> save that A material. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and, and hear that kind of stuff or anything else, uh, I am at Algar and he is at Robot Matt. Uh, yep. I've noticed as I've been mentioning it more, we're getting more people following us. It's just not a thing I remember to do very often. Yeah. No, so check that out. Yeah, uh, we're there. We we talk about the show. We talk about other things. It's certainly not the only thing we talk about. But no, it's also where I complain about everything else I have to do in my life. I, that's what Twitter's for, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, let's see our email address as ever: postatomicor at gmail. Uh, curious to hear what you think of the show. Yeah, uh, uh, give us a review on uh, iTunes. Oh yeah, that's still a thing. We can always use it. You know. Yeah. That, help, us, uh, help us. Help uh, us. Get a little more, get the word out a little more about the show. Well, the uh, the the rankings in iTunes, as far as like uh, when you do a search for Star Trek podcast, what comes up first? Uh, yeah, is based a lot on that. And I know it's been a year or more now when we popped up in the new and notable mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like we actually were in the top fifty. Like it wasn't in the top five or anything. It was no, still, it was still pretty low. But, it, we, but were we were there, on the first awesome. page. Yeah. yeah, and we may still. I I don't check that often. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of. Like, I don't read the reviews. I honestly, I don't even have iTunes on my computer anymore. I just don't use it like that right. anymore. I, my, my thing is, you know, if someone leaves a crummy review, I'll think about it for a week because that's just the kind of guy I am. Sure. But that said, if you, if you're not 100% satisfied with the show, well, I mean, stop listening. But yeah, seriously, there's really, a lot more, there's a lot of other uh, Trek podcasts out there. Yeah. But, but really, seriously, leave an honest review. Like, yeah, please say what you actually think. I, we're not we're not trying to stuff the ballots. We're not trying to say, like, leave us a five star review. Leave, leave us an honest review. Uh-huh. Like the important thing for us is that iTunes sees that people are listening. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter if you leave a you know a glowing review or an average review. Don't don't leave a one star, though. That's, you know, seriously, just stop listening. But yeah. Really, they'll be honest for real. I don't say I suck because I'll cry. Yeah. Well, just don't read it. Yeah. Um, so that's all for this time. Next week, we'll do more of this, I guess. Uh-huh. So, oh, I, next week, Amanda's with us. So there's Oh, that. cool. Okay. So look forward to that. I'll take it. I like Amanda. Yeah, me too, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> all right. Say your thing. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're 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 still just doing this.